Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Slevin, sitting in for Simon Morris. This week on another at-home edition of At The Movies. Writer-director Alice Wu reinvents and re-energizes the high school coming-of-age movie. Can't help you. No, 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 I, I just need a few words, good ones. I'm not writing to ask her for, to some girl. It'd be wrong. A letter is personal. It's supposed to be authentic. That'd be awesome. No, I can't be you being authentic. Get a thesaurus. You spell check. Good luck, Romeo. Hugh Jackman and Alison Janney defraud their local school board in a scheme that's all too easy and a story that's all too common. You want to know how many bids we got from contractors? Mm-hmm. For the Skywalk construction. You explored several options, right? I think we had four or five. Okay. From which firms, exactly? H- hang on a sec. What's this article you're supposed to be writing? And British comedy genius Chris Morris returns with a new satire about deluded revolutionaries and hopeless law enforcement. Prepare ye, for the day that approaches is the day of the great inversion. On that day, the cranes of the gentrificators shall fall, and we shall overthrow the injustice of the white European. said that when one half finds its other, there's an unspoken understanding, a unity, and each would know no greater joy than this. Of course, the ancient Greeks never went to high school. Last week, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences dropped a bombshell about next year's Oscars. No, not the fact that they're finally merging the Best Sound Mixing and Best Sound Editing Awards, notable though that is. No, for next year's Oscars, they've dropped the requirement that to be eligible, a film has to have played in cinemas for at least a week in the qualifying year. With picture theatres closed all over the world, it makes some sense. And if it finally puts that joke about Sonic the Hedgehog winning Best Picture in 2021 to bed, then I'm all for it. But it also opens up some intriguing possibilities. The half of it, which has just started streaming on Netflix, has just jumped ahead of the pack and now nearly halfway through the year looks like my pick for best picture. Seriously, after all the mean things I've been saying about Netflix recently, I'm as surprised as anyone. Alice Wu has created an utterly charming, wholesome, intelligent and witty reinvention of the high school coming-of-age film. From the first moments, you know that you can just relax and trust that you're in the hands of a filmmaker who's in complete control of her material. Six different takes on Play-Doh. Impressive. Just the one. That's what I tell the bartender. How come you never turn me in? And have to read the actual essays they'd write? You know I'm going to E-Dub. Damn shame. Damn full ride. I can live at home, and plus, I get to stay in lovely Squamish. Hell, Squamish. It's not that bad. 
Okay, it's not that good either, but it's what's happening. Well, I spent four of the best years of my life at Grinnell. And look at you, back home in Hellquamish. You're right. Stay away from the liberal arts. Try not to get fired over the weekend. Are you kidding? Everyone in this town fears God, but you know who God fears? The teachers' union. The half of it is set in a small town in upstate New York called Squamish, where Ellie Chu's widowed dad is the signalman for the railroad that goes through. Even though, because of his depression, Ellie, played with deadpan authority by Leah Lewis, has to wave her own lights at the two trains that pass through every day. Ellie keeps the family going by writing papers for her classmates, most of whom either have little or no respect, or at worst are downright racist towards her. But she soldiers on, playing the organ for her local church, even though she's atheist, and hoping that at college she won't be surrounded by quite so many deadbeats. And then, goofy jock Paul Munsky, played by Daniel Deemer, commissions her to do a special bit of writing for him. Like Cyrano de Bergerac and Christian in the famous play, he needs Ellie to write the letters that will woo the beautiful Asta, played with poise by the classically pretty Alexis Lemire. Ten dollars for three pages, twenty dollars for three to ten. Not in the over ten page biz. No, I'm not trying to cheat. Nobody is. Which class is it for? No, it's not. Uh, What's this? A letter. Who writes letters these days? I, I thought it seemed romantic. Can't help you. I, I just need a few words, good ones. I'm not writing to ask her for, to some girl. It'd be wrong. A letter is personal. It's supposed to be authentic. That'd be awesome. No, I can't be you being authentic. Get a thesaurus. You spell check. Good luck, Romeo. I can pay more for authentic. Little does Paul know that this is the best and worst assignment that Ellie could have been offered, because, like Cyrano, Christian, and Roxanne in the famous play, Asta is also her crush, but an utterly unspoken one. What to do? And here's where writer-director Alice Wu confounds expectations. Her film gently unwraps these three people as being much more than the classic stereotypes of nerd, jock, and pretty girl. Even though there is a romantic deceit at the very core of the story, the strength is the friendship that develops between the characters, what they come to learn about themselves, and how they can fit their own version of their difference into the world. It's a pretty universal story in that respect. Where the half of it really stands out, though, is in the confidence and control of Wu's direction. It reminded me of how I felt watching early work by Edgar Wright or even Danny Boyle, two of my favourite male directors. The pacing is consistent and pitched for our amusement. The characters are witty, as they should be in a screwball romantic comedy, and Wu knows and honours the romantic tradition she is a part of. Nods to Casablanca, Wings of Desire and Ishiguro's The Remains of the Day are threaded throughout, and the setting, beside a dead-end railroad, reminded me a lot of that art house classic The Station Agent, which launched Peter Dinklage on the world back in 2003. This is only Wu's second feature, 16 years after she made an acclaimed film called Saving Face. It's possible that she spent the intervening years developing and honing this one single film, but I suspect the truth is more that the industry failed to recognise her talent until Netflix came along with a demographically aligned need to tell a lesbian coming-of-age story, but it got a masterpiece instead. 
Usually, I skim through a film the second time, looking for good audio clips to use for this broadcast. But in the case of the half of it, I just had to watch the whole thing again. I couldn't help myself. Hey, uh, can I ask you a question? I don't want to try a taco sausage. Now, I swear, Hamish. I just, like, your dad seems so unhappy here, and you also seem kind of unhappy. Go. No, 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 you're not taking this seriously. I have a ton of work I have to do. No, I just you're so smart, like too smart to like. Waste my time trying to win you a girl who probably never look your way. No, it just seems weird. You're weird. No. Yes. Enjoy your happy life in Squamish. The, the, the thing about no exit is it's like how what I really want is is to run my own shop, you know, with new recipes and FYI, taco sausage is really effing good. Okay, but, but I'm the fourth son. My family's been making the same sausages for 49 years, and, and it doesn't matter if they're going broke. Or out of style. Uh, they're Nana's recipes, and if Ma can't have her Nana, at least she can keep making her sausages. And if I break away, it'll break her heart, and it's either her heart or mine. So I stay. The half of it is streaming on Netflix now, and it's rated 7 plus according to their own classification system. You want to know how many bids we got from contractors? Mm-hmm. For the Skywalk construction. You explored several options, right? I think we had four or five. Okay. From which firms, exactly? Hang on a sec. What's this article you're supposed to be writing? Oh, it's a piece on the Skywalk. And the student paper wanted a deep dive into construction specs. They're giving me free reign, more or less. I guess I'm just looking for an interesting way in. Oh, okay, Ruth. Rachel. Rachel, so let me give you a great angle for your story. Okay. You want to write this down, or are you... Uh... I'm taping. Oh. Okay. The Skywalk is a great project. It'll be the first Skywalk on all of Long Island, and yet one more reason, Roslyn schools put Jericho and Sayaset to shame, and it'll look great and make all our lives easier. Thank you, the end, good night, and good luck. What else can I help you with? If you're a fan of great dialogue, and I am, then you'll be pleased with all three of this week's selections. Our second is the HBO movie Bad Education, which is the second film in a few weeks on this program to be adapted from the work of New York journalist Robert Kolker. We reviewed the Netflix drama Lost Girls a couple of weeks ago. Bad Education is based on Kolker's article for New York magazine The Bad Superintendent about Frank Tassone, the much-loved and respected Long Island school superintendent who took Roslyn High School to the top of the ratings, but at the same time defrauded the board of over $11 million. Interestingly, the writer of the screenplay, Mike Makowski, had been a student at Roslyn during the period of the fraud and knew Tassone in those days. And while the direction from young up-and-comer Corey Finlay is effective enough, it is the bones of Markovsky's screenplay that set the film on its way. That, and a performance from Hugh Jackman that is nicely underplayed. The sum total is $250,000. What? She's $250,000! We can just... Balls on her. When I get my chance... Well, I... you never will. She's going to be Nassau PDs for the taking. And no, that no, no, shitbird no, no, no. son of hers. No, okay, no, no. Bob. All right, let's do this right. Just put the phone away, Bob. And why should he? Because we will lose everything. What do you mean, Frank? Once word gets out about Pam, we're, we're inviting the Times, Newsday... Every other paper in the tri-state area to our front door. With all due respect, screw the papers. This is a very real crime here. A theft of taxpayer money. Judy, you served on the school board for how long? Seven years? Eight, proudly. Okay. And in eight years, how many times has our budget been passed by taxpayers without incident? Eight. Right. 
So what happens when our next budget goes up for approval in May? The budget that we've worked all year on, the stimulus that gets us the skywalk, that gets us to first. What happens? I get what he's saying. I mean, how's it going to look? A school employee is able to take hundreds of thousands of dollars from the coffer without anyone noticing. Why would we pump more money into the school system? Right. If a scandal this seismic breaks out, I mean, our budget is torpedoed, done. We're right back at square one. I don't know. You can't pay the teachers. Maybe they start migrating out. Whoa, this can't affect the colleges, huh? Yeah, I think we'd have to expect that admissions at top-tier schools would view us under a radically different lens, yeah. The film is set in the early 2000s. The academic and athletic success of Roslyn High School has meant a windfall for anyone who owns local real estate. A successful school means good college acceptance rates, and that makes Roslyn a desirable place to live. The school is run by Frank Tassone, played by Mr Jackman, with the help of his assistant, Pam Glucken, played with her usual panache by Alison Janney. A young reporter for the school newspaper, played by the Australian actress Geraldine Viswanathan, decides to investigate the impending Skywalk, arguably the least necessary and most expensive piece of property development that a high school could come up with. And then she keeps digging. Luckily for her, this was not the most sophisticated fraud ever devised. Its success relied almost totally on the popularity and trust the community had for the perpetrators. It took a relative outsider, met someone with nothing to lose, to slowly unravel it all. I don't get this. What is this? It's a skywalk piece you wanted. No, this is two pages of contractor bids, building materials and zoning ordinances. In brutal detail. Yeah, it's journalism. Our readers are 15. You realize we have to submit every issue to Bressler before we go to print. And Dr. Tassone. And Pam Cremona. Pam Gluckin. It's Gluckin now. Look, we're not the New York Times, right? We're an extracurricular. We are a club designed to get us all into good colleges. We have a certain finesse to the way we approach stories here. A je ne sais quoi, if you will. But don't worry, though. You're going to get the hang of it. As the scandal is revealed, it turns out that Tassone had not one, but several secret lives which the fraud was designed to support. A secret husband in New York City, a lover in Vegas, and a penchant for cosmetic surgery which the film seems to argue was a result of some kind of fantasy of eternal youth, an ego unleashed. If there's anything about the film that disappoints me, it's that it ends up taking very limited aim. The venal citizens of Roslyn, including uh, the great Ray Romano, are easy targets, and despite the fact that this is the biggest school fraud in history, it all seems depressingly low rent. I was hoping for something a little more ambitious, that Roslyn High School, Gluckin and Tassone were some kind of metaphor for 21st century America. After all, the kind of entitled attitude that produced this fraud is just small fry compared to the ongoing deep and abiding corruption in America that has almost reduced the nation to a failed state while we've been watching. HBO make a habit of producing these plucked-from-the-headlines stories. Robert De Niro as Bernie Madoff in The Wizard of Lies in 2017 and Al Pacino as Phil Spector in 2013. So these are considered to be prestige productions, even though they aren't meant to play in cinemas. And we can add Hugh Jackman's Tessone to that high-quality list. About yesterday? Yeah. Uh, that was... What were you doing there? I'm not upset, but it is very important that you be honest. 
I was following up on the listed address for a school contractor. Why were you doing that? It's public record. Anyone could take the I didn't ask you if it was public record. I, I just asked you why. It's for something I'm writing. I think you have real potential. Dr. Disown. No, I'm serious. I, I, I read all your violence. You've come such a long way since past September. Your confidence, your strength of ability. Thank you. you, know, you have a tremendous future ahead of you, Rachel. You do, but you're still young, too, which is why you need to know, and I mean this, if you go public with something that you don't fully understand, it'll, it'll come back on you hard. Bad Education is rated 16 for violence, language and sexual content, although, to be honest, I don't remember any violence or sexual content. And it's streaming exclusively on Neon. Neon has a 14-day free trial and costs $13.95 a month if you choose to continue subscribing. In the name of Allah, Melchizedek, Jesus, Black Santa, Muhammad and General Toussaint, the waters rise, brothers and sisters. The drains back up. The basements of South Beach brim with reeking flotsam. But the city turns away, ignores the signs. Prepare ye, for the day that approaches is the day of the great inversion. On that day, the cranes of the gentrificators shall fall. And we shall overthrow the injustice of the white European. Till then, Allah enjoins us to grow strong and to prepare. Are you ready to rule? We are ready to rule. Ten years ago, the British satirist Chris Morris made one of the greatest comedy films of the 21st century, Four Lions, about a group of hapless Midlands Islamic wannabe terrorists bickering among themselves while planning an attack on the London Marathon. It truly is a classic but Morris has been quiet on the filmmaking front since then, apart from directing a few episodes of the TV series Veep for his mate Armando Iannucci. Now he's back. I say now because his newest film has just arrived on Lightbox, but it did in fact play at last year's New Zealand International Film Festival. It's called The Day Shall Come, and on the surface it seems to be mining some of the same ground that Four Lions covered. In modern-day Miami, an idealistic but at the same time slightly delusional young African-American man has set up a city farm as a base to plot the eventual peaceful and somewhat magical overthrowing of the white race and the restitution to American blacks of everything lost since slavery. He's gathered a very small army around him, including his wife and young daughter, and spends his time making incendiary Facebook Live videos and fending off the attentions of his landlord who demands unpaid rent. Breakfast surprise! <gasps> Donuts? Mm -mm. Donuts are twice a year, baby girl, on your birthday and the day that your daddy founded this mission. Mm-hmm. The day God talked to me through a duck. Usually, it was Satan talking through the duck. But one day, Satan wasn't looking, and the duck said quickly, this is God talking. You need to build me a farm. And that's why we're here. Is this surprise from a dumpster? No, it's not from a dumpster. I picked it up from Wendy's yesterday. When they throw everything in the dumpster. Before they threw it in the dumpster. Just before? Look, the dates are good. And plus, we're taking from the rich to give to the poor. What don't you like about that? Nothing. 
is the smart thing to say right now. Marchant Davis plays Moses, the leader of this ramshackle band, and it's a fine tightrope to walk as he straddles his peaceful idealism, lack of worldly sophistication, and what is clearly some form of mental illness. Making this character watchable and even funny at times is quite a challenge, and Davis pulls it off. The film has a lot more sympathy, I think, for its protagonist here than Morris did with Four Lions. Having just failed to entrap a young man in a plot to blow up Spring Break, the local chapter of the FBI is desperate to get some counter-terrorism runs on the board, and an ambitious young special agent, played by Anna Kendrick, hatches a plot to encourage our man Moses to accept a donation of money and guns from a fake sheikh, played by Pej Vardat. I might have mischaracterized Moses earlier on. He's not a pacifist as such, but he doesn't believe in projectile weapons, which might as well be the same thing. The money is a very attractive offer, however, and it looks as if the feds might have their man on the hook. What? Come on, tell me this ain't good. This ain't good. You like your watch? Your boots, brothers? Your your new uniforms? And this? You don't have to read it. 50K, V, we made. Raises uncle gives you 50K, he owns your ass. I own his ass, babe. I hustled him. He's a wonky will. He's going to give us guns, too, but I told him that. Yeah, but you don't have to worry, bro. We're just going to take him and bury him under six feet of concrete. Come on. We're going to my sister's. V, wait. V, we can even fill our cars with concrete, paint them white, and use them for fence posts. We hustling this guy. You trying to save these boys from guns? You just gonna throw it all away for a hat and a horse? You make a bomb out of bamboo cane. You see what you're doing? He don't mean that. Do you mean that? Sugar, coconut, bleach, and acetone. This ain't us, Mo. This ain't the farm. It doesn't take long before, in true Chris Morris farcical fashion, for things to get out of control. The deal escalates, and soon Moses is trading fake guns for fake nukes to fake Nazis, and everywhere there are undercover law enforcement desperate to get their stats up, even when there's no credible or incredible threat. The Day Shall Come is not quite as funny as Four Lions, but then the world has moved on a bit since then too. This film has its moments, but there's a sad undertone going on, which feels more meaningful, but makes it harder to just relax and let it wash over us. Morris's co-writer on this film is Jesse Armstrong, who created and writes the TV series Succession, in case you're looking for another reason to watch it. Could you pay someone to inform upon themselves? You want to inform on yourself? Yes. Say if I was thinking of doing something and then I stopped before and came to you and informed you about the thing I was thinking of doing, and maybe uh, you could pay me to... Have you done something that you should inform us about? No, ma'am. That's lying to a federal agent. Five years, right there. Andy, just get him back out there to blow up a skyscraper, or I'll drop the case. The Day Shall Come is rated M for language, according to the Lightbox scale, and you can rent it for $7.99 from Lightbox or the Microsoft Store. And that's our program. This is a track called Fola by a Haitian artist called Jules, and it plays under the closing credits of The Day Shall Come. As usual, I've got one final recommendation for home viewing, and this one is a little bit old school. 
While we have a plethora of online streaming and rental sites available, there is still nothing like the choice you get from a great DVD rental store. And we're lucky in New Zealand that we still have a couple of those left. Alice in Video Land in Christchurch and Aro Street Video in Wellington will courier you discs from their massive collections along with an envelope you can use to return them. Aro Street charge you per disc uh, and there's a minimum order of two at a time and you can keep them out for seven days before returning them. Alice runs more like a subscription and they have several packages to choose from. The most popular plan is $22.95 a month for up to six discs out at any one time. They have over 28,000 DVDs and Blu-rays to choose from, and both Arrow Street and Alice are the best way to support local film appreciation while you're in lockdown and delve into the world of classic cinema at the same time. Both of those mail-order businesses are running under Alert Level 3. I'm Dan Slevin, and you can find me on Twitter as at Dan Slevin, that's all one word, and there's more of me at rnz.co.nz forward slash widescreen. I'll be back with more suggestions for home viewing at the same time next week. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.